And now, JT, the man, the myth, the legend. Here's JT the Brick. Welcome back, everybody. JT here in Las Vegas. Hope you had a great weekend. Hope you had a fantastic Mother's Day as we continue with hour number two on the flagship of the Silver and Black. This is Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. As we keep rolling on here, got a busy show lined up and want to hear from you. And we got a little bit of an issue here, Damon, as my headset just broke off. So you can leave for a few minutes and maybe find another one for me, and we'll see if it works because I can't hear the radio show. And I've been doing this 26 years. That never happened before. So that'll be interesting. I'll just rant like no one else can as we continue on. I am super excited about what the Vegas Golden Knights are doing. Thrilled about Vegas as they are in the conference finals as they beat Edmonton four games to do and didn't have to play a game seven at home. So with that being said, how excited are you in Vegas that we have a hockey team that is advancing and has an opportunity to win the Stanley Cup? A real opportunity to go win the Stanley Cup and do it on their home ice in Vegas here in a quiet time before Raiders season, before UNLV football, before a lot of other sports stories gets going out here. This is the perfect storm for Las Vegas. We remember when the Vegas Golden Knights came to Las Vegas as an inaugural expansion team. They ended up going to the Stanley Cup final. They ended up losing four games to one to the Washington Capitals, but it was a really unique ride. It was an unbelievable run here in town, and it changed everything. Now, last year they didn't make the playoffs. It reminded me a lot of the Warriors. Remember, the Warriors didn't make the playoffs, and then the Warriors made it, and a lot of their fans thought they were going to win it all. That didn't become the case. LeBron James and the Lakers won. I'll get to that a little bit later on this hour. But for the VGK fans that are looking for a home, hockey fans driving around here over lunchtime, or anybody who's listening around the country who would like to comment on what this means to hockey. And the Canadian fans got to be really pissed off. There's a lot, you know, all these guys are Canadians, it seems. All the players are from Canada, so they're fine. But if you live in Canada and you're watching teams in Carolina and Florida, Seattle now, an expansion team, and especially Las Vegas again. What does Canada think of us? That we're just expanding and popping up all these teams, and they're better than the Canadian teams. Darren Elliott, who joined us in the first hour, talked about the Canadian teams winning a cup drought of almost 30 years here. That's a significant story. So for Vegas, take some time off. Watch the game tonight. It'll be Seattle and Dallas. Those two teams will play, and the winner of that series will come to Las Vegas And as they put the schedule out coming up here, we'll let you know all the details there. I'm excited. I'm a fan. Plus, we're a partner with the team. We work on the flagship station. We do a lot with them. Uh, We get a lot of guests through the Golden Knights. And I don't pretend. I don't pretend to be down the middle. I'm pro Raiders. I want the Raiders to win. I want the Golden Knights to win. I'm a fan behind a microphone. I'm not a journalist. And I want to see these teams win. So hopefully you take advantage of the format here as we are ready to move on here. A couple of other storylines. I mentioned John Morant. I'd like your comment on the what should be the length of the suspension for John Morant. Uh, caught, it looks like, for the second time, brandishing a weapon, holding a gun in a video that was streamed. So he did it once, and they gave him a slap on the wrist. I don't even think he went to whatever rehab he didn't have to go to. That was all a scam. He basically said he wanted to get help. He didn't get any help. He's just back in cars again with blaring rap music in the background and a gun. And his friends who are making him go along with this. They're not making him do it. John Morant is a grown man, but the, the Grizzlies suspended him, and the NBA is going to take a look at this. And it's an important topic in sports radio. There's a lot of times in sports radio we talk about imaging. We talk about branding and imaging. Michael Jordan is the most famous athlete in the history of the NBA 
because of his Jordan brand, the jump shoes, everything he does with the sneaker brand, and the work that he does is about his brand. That's why you don't see much of Michael Jordan. You don't see Michael Jordan in nightclubs. You don't see him doing anything other than playing golf. He's a very private guy because his brand is worth well over a billion dollars. Same thing goes for LeBron James. I can't believe that LeBron James has so many critics out there. The guy never shows up on the police blotter. He's not doing bad things. Seems to be a good husband and father. And he has a lot of branding out there. From the Space Jam movie to his sneakers to the movie work he's doing. He's doing doing movie work. He's part owner of a soccer team. I mean, LeBron James is a model citizen compared to John Morant. And John Morant is gravitating to bad people. And don't be afraid in society that we live in, cancel culture, that we're going to get canceled for saying that John Morant hangs out with a bunch of thugs and bad guys. You're not going to get canceled for saying that. That's the obvious thing that's happening here. So overall, when I look at John Morant, I'm concerned. The worst-case scenario that happens here is this young man doesn't see his twenty late 20s and 30s because he's hanging out with some really dangerous people and some bad people. The best part of what could happen to John Morant is he really needs to get help, psychiatric help. He needs to talk to people. He needs to get out of the league for a while and potentially have his livelihood taken from him. And if that happens, maybe that could scare him straight and change him here. And the Grizzlies, maybe maybe they're going to have to lose that great player. He might have to get shipped out to another city. Don't care what the city is. It could be Detroit where there's gun violence. It could be Salt Lake where there's gun violence. Everywhere in this country, there's gun violence and people intimidating everyone else with the bravado of having a firearm when they get caught with this type of behavior. I'm not going to get into a gun debate. There's many responsible gun owners in this country. But when you see something like this happen, you say to yourself, why would a young man with everything in front of him be so stupid to get involved with people like this that can bring his career down? And I think doing sports for over 26 years and being on earth for over 50-plus years, I can tell you because people want to be cool. They want to be different. They want to be intriguing. They want to be other people that they can't be. They want to be other people that they can't be. So they want to be like movie stars and rock stars. And they want to be the people they see on television, and they lead an ulterior life. But you shouldn't have to do that. If you're an athlete, you should just behave yourself Cash your checks, compete for the team, entertain the kids, and do whatever, the, whatever you want in the privacy of your home. John Morant has crossed that line again. And I don't know what's going to happen with him. It doesn't look good. I don't want to predict bad things at all. I only want to predict good things for people. But overall, his life is looking sad to me because he can't control what's going on with him. The other topic is the Raiders schedule. As I talked about the Raiders' schedule coming out, and I think the Raiders' schedule now uh, makes a lot of sense that the Raiders can go through this season and have a productive season with the schedule. I don't think that it's going to be a season where the schedule engulfs them and the schedule is going to be a nightmare. I don't see that happening. But there are some trip cords around that the Raiders need to be careful with. And I think the most intimidating part of this schedule is going to be the first two games. I think at Denver and at Buffalo could be very difficult for the Raiders to get off to a good start, and they're going to have to treat those games as a priority. Every game matters to Josh McDaniels. He prepares. One of the New England things they do better than anybody else the last 20 years is they're able to prepare for each individual game quickly. Belichick had the advantage with that. 
with coaches like Josh McDaniels and Matt Patricia and the depth of their coaching staff and knowledge, they're okay if they had to play you on a short week. They're the Patriots. They're going to beat you. They also had Tom Brady. The Raiders are going to have to have the advantage and come out of the gates and play two games to start off the season, which are going to be the home openers for two teams that are rivals to the Raiders at Denver and at Buffalo in the AFC. And God forbid the Raiders start off 0-2. They could survive 0-2. 1-1 would be a best-case scenario with Buffalo looming there because Buffalo is a hell of a team. So that's where we stand right now if you want to get in. Uh, 702-365-9200. Raider fans have been quiet on this schedule. I'm the last guy to talk about it. I was off a couple of days back in Oklahoma at my son's college graduation. We're back here. We're off tomorrow, Coaches vs. Cancer. And we're preempted on Wednesday for the Aviators as they have a day game here, our AAA baseball team. So I got about another 50 minutes for you to call in on the Raiders' schedule, the good, bad, or the ugly, and what where you think the Raiders can get hot. I think the Raiders' schedule could get really hot potentially in the second quarter of the season. Home against Green Bay. This is the fifth game of the year. Home against Green Bay, Monday night football. Home against New England, October 15th. On the road at Chicago, October 22nd, and then at Detroit on Monday Night Football. Detroit is a good team. They're no better than the Raiders. Raiders had 10 wins the year before. Detroit didn't make the playoffs last year. Raiders didn't make the playoffs. Detroit seems to be an ascending team. But I don't think Detroit's a team that you're saying, oh, my God. If you're going at Buffalo on Monday night or Sunday night, or you're playing a good team in this league like Kansas City, or Cincinnati, that's a game you look at the schedule and go, oh, no. Well, when you're playing at Detroit, you have to look at it as a benefit. Okay? You have to look at Detroit, DeMond, and say, look, the Detroit, they are not world beaters yet. They're a non-playoff team. But the league believes they're going to be a playoff team. That's what's interesting about this television show. It's a TV show. And NFL and Roger Goodell are trying to put together the best TV matchups. Why would they put the Raiders on the road at a Monday night at Detroit? Because they know the Raider brand on Monday night football over the decades have been really strong. And they, they understand that Detroit's an ascending team, so why not put the Raiders at Ford Field early in the season, uh, right around Halloween? Ooh, that's a Halloween game for Gorilla Rilla and the Raider Nation. Halloween, the 30th, right before that, as the Raiders are at Detroit. So that's when they really got to get going and jump on the schedule. If they can get rolling there, then I think they'd have a really good shot to do something special. All right, let's get out to Joel in Queens. He kicks off this hour. My dad's from Bayside, Queens. How are you, Joel? Oh, JT, so great to, to talk to you. I, mean, I feel like we've been talking for 10 years, but I never really had the chutzpah to call you up, you know? so uh, Appreciate it. I'm actually in a forest hills, not too far from Bayside. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, a few things. First, I want to call and thank you for just really – you know, helping me through the past decade and a half of my life. And, and secondly, earlier in the day on Raider, uh, the Raider Nation Radio, mm. someone had mentioned that the Denver Broncos asked for the Raiders week one. Now, I know no one riles up Raider Nation like you, but how does that make you feel, JT? They wanted us? They wanted us? They can sniff a win in, in three, three seasons against and they want to see I don't think so. I don't think so. Not on our watch, okay? I don't care who's, uh, who's calling the plays. The Denver Broncos, unless they get a number seven back there under center, don't ask for us. Thank you very much. I, 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 uh, 
Maybe you're uh, getting ahead of myself, but I just want to say I love you guys. The mom's the best. You guys are great, and thank you for getting me through uh, every no day problem, of the year, man. brother. Thank you, brother. I appreciate we're helping you get through it. Just uh, enjoy the show and uh, get in here and have some fun. That's it. You know, I don't think anybody, no one wants no one. I want this team. I want that team. I want this team, all of that stuff. I just want the Raiders to get off to a good start. I do this for a living, man. I don't want to host a show. I'll do it. I love it. It's my job. I've been doing this since the Raiders, since 1998. First four years, I felt like we were going to the Super Bowl every year. Two AFC championship games and a Super Bowl appearance, and I got an AFC championship ring. I mean, it was the best start of a career. And then it's been up and down, up and down. Some good years, some average years. But for Mark Davis, the only good is winning a championship. He's trying to win a Super Bowl. Is this the year of a Super Bowl run? A lot of people don't say think so. A lot of people out there, the pundits, don't think so. I'm not going to pick the Raiders to win the Super Bowl this year. But I'll tell you what I will do is I'll pick the Raiders to win more games than Vegas has them at. I'll pick them to win more than eight. Because I think they have Devontae, Josh Jacobs, Jimmy G. This mayor tight end. When I was in Oklahoma, we spent time with another family that had two sons who graduated from Notre Dame and two sons that graduated from OU. I was talking to the father of the family about Michael Mayer. He says, oh, my God, the guy's a beast. He goes, what he did against Alabama, what he did against other teams. There were teams that knew he was the only option and he still caught big balls and passes and ran people over. I said, well, here's what I want to know about you. Tell me about his blocking. He says it's like having another offensive lineman. And I think that's a point I wanted to make on Mayer, the tight end coming in. Same number, same experience that Dave Casper had, the, few, you know, the Hall of Famer. I'm not saying this kid's going to be a Hall of Famer. He hasn't played a game yet. But he can block. And with the Raiders want to go heavy on the right side, if they're going to use Illuminor, Brandon Parker, if they can line up Mayer, whatever they're going to do from right guard, right tackle, and tight end, this kid could be the difference. He might be the difference in a block that Josh Jacobs is able to get three yards on when it's a really big third and two. And we're sitting here going, I don't have a lot of confidence with the right side. I want to run, run it by Colt Miller. But they have a double stacked over there. They got a defensive end and an outside linebacker. They're waiting for it. Maybe we can run behind the tight end. Darren Waller was not a very good blocker. He was an elite receiver, elite. Foster Moreau was a better blocker, I think, than a receiver. This kid's got to be better than both. And it's going to be tough to be better than Darren Waller in the passing game, but you never know. You never know. This guy. This is a guy that they should pound early in the season. I keep going back to the film I saw with George Kittle. George Kittle, no one ever heard who he was. You don't even know what school he went to, right? Anybody? Anybody? Bueller? No one ever heard of George Kittle. Everyone heard of Michael Mayer out of Notre Dame, as in everybody. And how much did Kittle get from Jimmy G? Got a lot. Why don't you just take the Jimmy G plays that Josh McDaniels invented, give them to Mayer, give them to Jimmy G, and say, hey, go on the four field over there. Go on field number four and just run these routes. Just run these routes throughout camp and get used to it. I think Jimmy G is going to lean on this young kid if he's out on the field and have him do a couple of special things. I hope so. I think that could be the difference here. 702-365-9200. Gangster Raider checks in on the flagship of the Silver and Black ahead. Hey, what's up, JT? First of all, congratulations to your Vegas Knights on y'all um, making it to the um, the Stanley Cup final. You know what I'm saying? That was good stuff. You know what I'm saying? I hope y'all win it. You know what I'm saying? Since my Kings is out of it. And another thing is about the schedule. 
I like the schedule. You know what I'm saying? I like the way it started off because, you know, I think that we should be able to beat Denver. You know what I'm saying? So we should start off with a win. You know what I'm saying? And if, and if we clicking right, mm-hmm. we might we might have a chance to go in there because it's early in the season. We might have a chance to go in there and upset Buffalo and start off 2-0. You know what I'm saying? That's just my wishful thinking. But we got a chance. It might happen. You know what I'm saying? But only thing I don't like about the schedule is that bye being so late. I think the bye is in like week 13. I think that's the latest mm. bye yeah, week. Yeah, I, I, I hate that bye week. I don't use the word hate much. I despise it in week 13. I mean, there's no need for that. There's no need to give any. That's the latest bye the Raiders have ever had. Why in 2023? I, I think that's ridiculous. I don't understand that. Yeah, me too. I don't, I don't like that either. I mm. usually like around, especially since we got 17 games now, I want it like around week 9 or 10. You know what I'm saying? Mm, yeah, that'd be good. And also, as far as this John Morant thing, you know what I'm saying? I don't uh, understand the uproar for him having a gun, but he didn't commit any crime, and Tennessee is an open carry state. You know what I'm saying? I don't understand what the uproar is. I mean, it's childish. He shouldn't have did it, but he didn't commit any crime. Well, that's it. He didn't commit a crime. Everybody, yeah. a, a lot of people brandish a gun on live stream videos and go, don't yeah, so go to jail. I don't understand but... why he needs to be suspended. You know what I'm saying? You're supposed to be suspended for committing a crime. Because it's a bad, it's, it's a bad it's look. A bad it's look. image. You, yeah, can't have a, you can't have a league. You can't have a league if you let one guy have a gun, and then you, you have six guys have a gun, and then 32 guys have guns in you strip clubs. you think they don't have them already? I'm just saying. No, but none of them. None of them. The only ones who will get suspended are the dumb ones who are showing them on a live video. I'm sure half the, more than half the league has guns for protection in their homes. They might have concealed carries. They might have them in their car, but they're not. He did what Damon Arnett, huh? He did something. Yeah, he did what Damon. Damon He did what Damon Arnett did. Exactly, (laughs) did what Damon Arnett did. You know what I mean? He did a Damon Arnett. I think he should be um, heavily fined, but far as suspended, I think that has set a bad precedent because he didn't commit a crime. It's kind of like T.O. Remember like when T.O. did the push-ups in the driveway? Mm-hmm. He didn't commit a crime, but it was a bad look. But oh, Come on, it, dude. It, you're, you're, you're better than that. You're not comparing a gun to T.O. I'm, I'm not comparing it. I'm just saying, I'm just saying it, it should be like it, it shouldn't be suspendable. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, unless you commit a crime or do something you know, to hurt somebody else, then you should be suspended. But okay. other than that, he's just be fine heavily, okay. heavily fine. You All know right. what I'm saying, JT? No, I don't, actually. I've been saying that. I think he should be suspended lengthy, and he should probably be fined, too, and fined heavily. But I respect your opinion. You know, there's a guy at Fox News saying the same thing. Doesn't he have Second Amendment rights? And, again, no one's really going to come to your house if you do something stupid, if, if you're intimidating people. This is a league. It's a privilege. What would happen if Damon or I was sitting here live on the radio, live streaming this radio show, and I was just, you know, putting a gun in front of the live screen? You think Lotus Broadcasting wouldn't fire me like in five minutes? I, don't, I wouldn't have a right to keep my job. It's a privilege to have this job. It's a privilege. And John Morant doesn't understand that anymore. I think he is imbalanced mentally. That's not something you can get canceled on, telling people that they're idiots, they're dummies or they're chemically or mentally imbalanced when they continue to lose $30, $40, 50000000 million of their career. We say that about politicians and rock stars and other people all the time. I, I, I would love this John Morant, if he was on the Knicks, I'm a Knicks fan. I can't tell you what it would be like to have this kid. He's the type of player that I dreamed of having for 20, 30 years. But at this point in time, he's not going to play much basketball. He's not going to play any basketball because the league can't afford this bad image. The league wants to have as many followers, streamers, viewers as they possibly can, and you just can't do it this way. 
9200. Always a pleasure to go out to Raider Dave. He's in Denver today. What's going on, Dave? Hey there. You know, I, I agree with you about this whole gun situation. I don't know a lot about it, but it's one of the reasons that I, I'm just I'm enamored at the idiocy in, in the NBA with players. And it's one of the reasons I just don't watch it anymore. There's an image problem. And I think that's what everybody is, is, is concentrating on here is trying to clean up that image problem. What does this do to everybody who's all these kids that want to go ahead and look up to these players, whatever sport it is, when you have an image problem, it's a real bad deal. And as far as the schedule goes, I was listening to a podcast from a cohort there you got, and he was predicting six and six at the mid point of, you know, or 12th game of the season. I don't see that. I think the Raiders, as long as they can get their, their, you know, dot their I's and cross their T's in the preseason. And I think that's going to be better with Garoppolo. Uh, you know, McDaniels is going to start a couple points ahead already by having somebody who already knows the system. I would think that they would be better prepared. And if we watch or rewatch the beginning of last season, it just didn't go well. It just didn't seem yeah. like it was clicking at all. And I think that that can happen here. Now, looking at the Denver Broncos in the opening game, Position by position, anybody, call in and tell me where the Denver Broncos have made strides to be better position by position because you do not take a team eight out of nine times if you're not better than them position by position. And I don't think that that's changed. So I fully expect the Raiders to come into Denver and win this thing 23-17. Now, eight and four would be fantastic. I think the tough part is the midpoint where they have those three divisional games in a row. I think that's where whether they're 6-6 six and six or 8-4, and four, that's where they make or break this season. Good phone call. Thank you. Again, I agree with you on Denver. I was right. I was the right guy. There's nationally radio host every year. Last two or three years, guys and knuckleheads are saying on the radio, Denver's going to the AFC Championship. Denver's going to the playoffs. And every year, Denver gets the benefit of the doubt by the national media and not the Las Vegas Raiders. And there's not a lot of guys saying, you know, I think the Raiders, a 10-win team that went to six but lost five games, where they had double-digit leads, can go from 6 to 11. You're not hearing any of that. Why are you not hearing that? The Raiders improved. They got a better red zone quarterback. They got Jacoby Myers. Their draft was relatively productive, I think, overall. It was a good draft. I I think they got some unique players like Michael Mayer, who I said, and you know, two defensive players out of the first three. And then they might, you know, Marcus Peters is in the building today, as Vinny reported, and Vic, Vic Tafer reported first. So when you look at all this, why doesn't anybody give the – that's a good show, Damon. i got to save that. I'm going to put that in my journal. That's a good show maybe in the summer. Why do fans give the Denver Broncos the benefit of the doubt over the Raiders when they're pretty much both flawed teams that are trying to get over the hump? Is it Peyton Manning? The Raider history is much deeper than Denver's. Why 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 does the national media say every year Denver's going to go – and the last six out of seven games, the Raiders beat Denver. And Denver hasn't done anything. Have you thought about that? Is it the first time you heard someone ask that question? It's the first time I've, I've heard someone ask the question, but I've got to think of just the bias, the recency the bias. bias of, hey, Denver has been better in, let's just say, this past decade. Really? It has nothing to do. They are earning that goodwill right. from being good with Peyton Manning, but none of those guys are still on, on this team. Right. So I don't know why Denver gets that goodwill. Going back to last season, where people they make it, they're making their picks. Uh, the Raiders they got to be fourth in the division because Denver or Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, the team doesn't get rid of you if they think that you are still the star guy. 
And that was Good that point. was baffling to me that people were just, hey, but Russell Wilson, Seattle got rid of him for a reason. And people still think he's some star. You made a very good point. It's about the bias against the Raiders. The bias against the Raiders will never change. It will never change. And that's why the Raider fans are the most notorious fans in football. They remember. They remember. The Raider fans keep receipts. And if you're going to disrespect the Raider fans, they're gonna, they have a steel cage memory. They remember everything. And I, at this point in time, you just got to prove it. No one's going to play the games for the Raiders. No one's going to make the perfect schedule for the Silver and Black. The schedule is what it is. I hate that term, but it is. And they're going to have to get out of the blocks quick. And the first game at Denver is Denver's home opener. And they will have, I don't know, someone text me or let me know the size of that stadium. There'll be 75,000 fans there. And they'll all hate the Raiders' guts. They're going to be loud. And Denver's going to think with Sean Payton and Russell Wilson being fixed in their mind, that they're going to the Super Bowl. That is a very hostile environment for the Raiders to open it. Because who hates the Raiders more than Denver? Who? Chargers don't have any fans. That, that's not the answer. It's either Kansas City or Denver. So you're opening up on the road with a franchise that hates you more than any other franchise out there other than one. That's a hostile environment. And Josh McDaniels has to have them ready. Max will be ready. Josh Jacobs hopefully will be ready. Devontae will be ready. A.J. Cole will be needed in the altitude. Carlson will need to kick two or three to win the game. That is not a walkover as we talk about the schedule today for another half hour. I like the schedule. Biggest thing for me are the primetime games. At Detroit, Monday night. Home, Thursday night against the Chargers. Home, week three against the Steelers. Home, week five against Green Bay. I'm good with all of this. I like the schedule. Sunday night football against the Jets. Are you kidding me? The JT The Brick Show is brought to you by Remy Martin. Team up for excellence. JT, back with you. Good to have you today. Bobby out. Damon in as we continue on on the flagship of the Silver and Black. I'm going to get to the NBA. My podcast partner, Tom Looney, is going to join us in a few minutes. He covers the Lakers for KABC. In Los Angeles, big stick, big radio station, as we like to say. And also, if you want to get in on the Golden Knights and the Raiders' schedule, those are the two big topics today. Cover of the Las Vegas Review-Journal, Marcia So's night, natural hat trick, changes the game. Ed Graney, Hill steps up, slams the door on the series. And another uh, uh, journalist out there, veterans hat trick, helps put away the Oilers. So a great moment in the history of the Vegas Golden Knights. Going into Edmonton. With Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl and beating them and doing it on their ice with Marceau getting a hat trick, a natural hat trick, brilliant. Absolutely an epic game in the history of this franchise. So they'll get some rest because tonight the Kraken play the Stars. That game is at 5 o'clock today on ESPN. And I would hope that a lot of fans would want to watch that game and preview it. I don't care who they play. I think the Kraken would be cool to play, to play a team in Seattle and to go back and forth. And to play a team like Dallas, Dallas, I think it's a more mature team, maybe the better team, either way, but it's going to be great to watch that. The Lakers beat the Warriors to advance to the conference finals against the Denver Nuggets. My podcast partner, Tom Looney, check out our podcast, JT and Looney. This conversation will be on the podcast, right, Tom? Because podcast has no rules. Everybody has a podcast, so I can just go on the street. I can go YouTube, Facebook Live, or talk to you and put it up as a podcast. 
Oh, having a ball. I love when there's no rules. That's why I had a lot of fun in Catholic school. There were more rules to break. (laughs) How did the Lakers get to the conference final? They were terrible, terrible in the regular season until Rob Palenka said, I'm going to get fired unless I break up this team, get rid of Russell Westbrook, figure out something, and take a chance to save my job with Jeannie Buss, and now they might win a championship. Yeah, they might. And remember, got to give LeBron James some credit, too. You know, he probably worked with Rob and, and probably approved all those pieces that Rob, <laughs> Rob was able to move around. And, you know, and LeBron's the leader of this team. They were able to mix and stir and have chemistry immediately with the new guys. And they've been so much fun to watch. And this is giving Clipper fans something to do. Cheering against the Lakers is what they do best. So that's a whole other franchise that has eyeballs on, on this uh, Western Conference Finals. And here's another reason why they're in the Western Conference Finals, because they've got two of the best basketball players in the world that are playing the best basketball they've played all year. Anthony Davis is healthy for the first time all year. He's been playing great, not good. And I think the key matchup here, I mean, the key ingredient here is that one team has two superstars, the Lakers, and the other team has one. And, it's, and, and Jokic, Jokic has been, not been good. He's been great. But there's someone there to neutralize him, a really tall guy named Davis with one eyebrow. You know, Anthony Davis, Tom Looney's our guest. Anthony Davis in 12 games, averaging 21.2, uh, 14.1 rebounds, 3.3 blocks in 36, yeah. almost 37 minutes. And, you know, he's a guy – the problem I have with Anthony Davis is the problem I have with the rest of the league. They don't care anymore about the regular season. Anthony Davis is peaking at the right time when athletes are supposed to in the postseason while they're winning a championship. Patrick Mahomes will play great every single game. He plays like it's an all-star appearance, and he wants to win every game. Anthony Davis is not cut out of that mold, but Laker fans shouldn't care because you make your money, you raise your banners in the postseason, and Davis is on course. Yeah, and Anthony Davis has 80 more games <laughs> than, Patrick, than Patrick Mahomes has. And it's really important. NFL, every, every week's important in the NFL. And, uh, boy, yeah, but we can do a whole show on Patrick Mahomes. I'm, I'm so surprised every time the Chiefs lose. He's, he's amazing. And we have to remember when the grass is green and you enjoy athletes, not get used to them. Like LeBron could be MVP every year. We just get used to him and don't give it to him. But this is at, at, at him at this age doing what he's just like George Foreman won the heavyweight championship at 45. What LeBron James is doing at 38. Tom Looney's our guest. I just got back from Oklahoma and uh, when my son graduated, he graduated in the basketball arena. And there's pictures of former players that played there: Wayman Tisdale and Buddy Heald and Blake Griffin, right? And Trey Young. And then over in the little bit of the corner in the bottom of the presentation is a kid, Austin Reeves. And Austin Reeves might be better than all these guys this year. 15.4 points a game. He's hitting half-court buzzer beaters at the end of the half. He's making all of his open threes. This is a great story because of Hachimura, Lonnie Walker, and Reeves. I'm starting to believe in this bench. And the guys who start here, and especially the bench, they bring in subs who can make open shots. Oh, yeah. This, I mean, Yachimura comes in off the bench. He's huge. He's incredibly tall, man, as they all are in the NBA. But hitting threes, which I know you hate from those really tall guys, but he can play defense. He, uh, he, he's been incredible. And Austin Reeves with that aw shucks attitude that he's got, and it's sincere and real. And, uh, and it's 
a mid-range shot. Notice that he has a mid-range shot that goes down every time. He's in this really kind of awkward style, very Caucasian style that he has. It seems to work. Things that shouldn't work, work. God, he is fun to watch. Tom Looney is our guest. Download our podcast, please, and share it with your friends, JT and Looney, wherever you download your podcast. Now, after all this, this is called the fluff portion of the interview, right? So you're a Laker fan and you're at KABC. Uh, Denver's going to win this series because they have Nikola Jokic, and he could have won his third MVP because I thought he was better than Joel Embiid, and he didn't win. He could have went three in a row, but Adam Silver didn't want to have a guy win three MVPs in a row who's never won an NBA title. Jokic is going to give you what Davis gives you and a piece of what LeBron gives you. The question is, can the Lakers slow him down a bit? Because every time I turn on the TV, this Jokic is making a shot in the paint, making a jumper, running the court, passing, assists. He's a triple-double. We're used to Russell Westbrook as the triple-double machine. No, it's Nikola Jokic, a two-time MVP. Yeah, and he's playing a great – you love that style, and you also love the Anthony Davis style when he's healthy and he shows up. <laughs> and that, you know, that hustle defensive style, and even if his offense isn't working, mm-hmm. the defense is. And that's going to be the trouble. Like I said, two superstars against a team with one. Jokic is amazing. But he's not going to be as amazing with, with, with that annoying Anthony Davis. If, even if Anthony Davis is scoring 10 points or 11 points in a game, uh, he's going to be in the face of Jokic, and that's really going to be, hopefully, for Laker fans, which is me, fanboy over here, is going to be the key to the Lakers winning the series. But I can't wait till these guys get at it. You know, why, does the, why does the country not have enough respect for the Denver Nuggets? feel like this is a multiple-choice question because they're never on TV in the East Coast. Like, if you go up and down the eastern seaboard, we live out west. We live in the Pacific time zone. But no one in New York, Boston, Miami, Charlotte, no one cares about the Nuggets. The greatest players they ever had were Dan Issel, David Thompson, Alex English, the best player in Nuggets history. But that's not Michael Jordan and LeBron James and Larry Bird. What do you think is the problem with the Nuggets? And they're a team that doesn't get enough respect. Mountain time zone is one thing. It's one, you know, there's yeah. one franchise uh, in each sport. It's in the mountain time zone, and that'd be whatever franchise is in Denver. And, and, and you know, and that's, also, that's trouble with MVP votes, too. As you know, when a team plays in the West Coast, it's a bit of trouble for years with Heisman Trophy voting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Heisman trophies have been, have been lost because. You know, um, these sports writers who are drinking, I can't start watching the game at 1030 at night. So uh, it's, that's all involved. And they don't get, what, there's deadlines on the East Coast and the newspaper days. Of course, there's no deadlines with the Internet anymore. But it's all, all mix and stir, and those are all the, the reasons why the Denver Nuggets don't. And they don't have any great history. They don't have a glorious history like the Celtics do or the Lakers. They don't have a. They don't have, there's not fan bases that love them or hate them. But the Lakers, I mean, they'll get a lot of publicity for the next seven games because there's a team that people love and love to hate, the Lakers, who are battling them in the Western Conference Finals. All right, so the main reason I had you on, you know, I often mock, like I did on today, Twitter, I mock these shows that spend – 15 minutes talking about their dinner and what movie they went to. We do that on the podcast. We're we're too busy to do that on radio. But if LeBron wins this title, just for this conversation, it's bigger than anything Michael Jordan's ever done. It's not even close. Now, Jordan's had the better career. I have Jordan 1. 
You know, I have Kareem, two. I have LeBron, three, maybe 2A. I am telling you right now, I study this, and I think I know what I'm talking about. Michael Jordan had Pippen and Phil Jackson and a whole bunch of guys who can make shots and some really good players. LeBron's team this year was broken up and thrown out in the trash. If he's able to take these green bananas, bring them to a title after being a seven seed, I repeat, he makes another not half step, full step. It's two steps on Jordan, either to catch him or to be even with him as the greatest of all time. Do you agree? Well, yes, and here's another reason. He did something that Jordan couldn't do. A couple of years out of high school, he took a bunch of bums to the NBA Finals, and now he's a couple of years from 40, and he's taken uh, some pretty good guys to the NBA Finals, but not great guys other than Anthony Davis. So, yeah, uh, that's two things that Michael Jordan was incapable of doing. No one was talking about how Michael was playing with the Wizards at this age. We know he did play every game and, and did play well, but not like this. Uh, this is a guy, and overall, you know, it's a coach's dream. A guy who never gets in trouble, plays offense, defense. It's pass first. Oh, people love that. You know, there's all over the flyover states, there are white basketball coaches who love the pass first. LeBron is the ideal made in a computer basketball player. Last one for Tom Looney, my podcast partner. JT and Looney is where you download the podcast. Podcasts only work and count if you download them and subscribe. Other than that, it's just thin air that disappears. So please do us a favor and do that. Uh, Finally, I think what's interesting about this one, I'm talking Golden Knights hockey today because I need content, right? You know, (laughs) we're content providers, so I'm talking Golden Knights. And hockey fans will go out and drink beers in the sports bars, and they'll get behind a hockey playoff team in a town. LA's different. I think there's 18 plus million people. It, it, you don't. You need a eyedropper of fans to come out to get hundreds of fans. That would be hundreds of fans if you take an eyedropper of that population. What is it like driving around and being on the radio in LA, knowing the whole city, the entire sprawl of Los Angeles is going to be tuned into the Lakers? They arguably have the biggest fan base in professional sports, along with the Dodgers. The Yankees, maybe the Celtics, and a handful of teams. Yeah, and this city for for decades was a Dodger town. It's a Laker town now. It's close. Mm-hmm. The Dodgers have had an All Star team every year out there. They've been been great with the franchise. He's been spending and getting every good player. But uh, it's a Laker town, and it's incredible because you because there's still Laker fans that checked out for a while because they were two and ten and they were awful and you didn't know who was playing and now. We have Laker fans, dedicated, loving, loyal Laker fans who are still learning some of the guys that are ninth and tenth. Oh, that guy's in. So that's what's really kind of at the end of games they put guys in, and normally you know every guy on the roster, but not, you didn't get to know them. The average fan didn't get to know the entire roster this year because there were other things to do in L.A. If you're not winning, they weren't winning. Now they are, and we're back playing lead guitar on the bandwagon, all of us. All right, I'm going to go Denver in seven out of respect to the Lakers playing well. Uh, Denver, I think, is the better team. I thought they were the better team all year. Start of the year on our podcast, I picked Denver and the Celtics. Celtics winning the title. So I'm going to stay with Denver. I know where you're going. How many games for the Lakers? Well, here's an important thing, too. You know broadcasting. You've got to kiss the ass of your listener. They hate the <laughs> Lakers. So uh, pick, uh, all across the country, they're going to be picking the Nuggets because they don't want people to hate them. But 
I, I see it going six. It'll go six again. The Lakers will pick one up in the Mile High City, which is always difficult. Even when the Nuggets suck, yeah. even 75% of their home games because people can people are gasping in that air. Same thing with the Denver Broncos. It's uh, They always have that home. There's no bigger home court advantage in the country based on uh, the Mile High City. Mm-hmm. So if they can steal one of the first two, just like, hey, if you can steal one against the Golden State Warriors, so I'm arguably better than the Denver Nuggets, then you can do it with the Nuggets. Well, thanks for joining me on radio, real radio, terrestrial radio, because oh. some people think radio is going away and it's dead and it's a podcast form, but we do a podcast together, so it's nice hearing you on the radio. I know the listeners uh, appreciate it. It will The real radio it will always be our first love. I'll do the fake radio tonight, the satellite radio from 4 to 7 if you're up listening. <laughs> I know you still don't think satellite radio exists. But I, I know that, but I'll be on from 4 to 7. I'm double dipping today. So uh, thanks for helping me kill about 12 minutes with great content. Tom Looney, everybody, my podcast partner, great friend, great host. Vinny Bonsignor reporting the Raiders announced the signing of former Patriots wide receiver Christian Wilkerson. The Raiders bring in another Patriot receiver. Breaking news. We'll get to that on the other side. Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show, brought to you by the Botanist Gin, the number one fastest-growing brand. Step up your cocktail game with the Botanist Gin. JT, as we wrap it up here, thanks to Devon for jumping in here. I want to thank Alex and Orlando DeCastaverde. The DeCastaverde Law Group, if you get into an accident, any type of accident, but of course, if you're on the road and you get into an accident, get to the side of the road, be safe, and make sure you call our partners here. They're Raider fans. They have a great reputation. There's a lot of stupidity in this industry when it comes to lawyers getting on radio and billboards telling you how great they are, testosterone, they're on motorcycles, their necks are full of veins and all that. They're telling you they never lose and they're cheaper. These guys are great. They're fantastic. Their dad's legacy is what built this. La Familia, they deal with so many of their Latino clients, clients from all over the state. They will help you if you get into an accident. Alex and Orlando DeCastaverde, 702-222-9999. Demond, the Raiders sign a receiver away from the Patriots. Tell us about him. Yeah, Kristen Wilkerson, not much to know about him. Only four career receptions in the league. Didn't play any of last year. Was mostly a practice squad guy. Was picked up by the Indianapolis Colts um, this season, but they've already released him from their roster. So now the Raiders are giving him a shot. Raiders, but a form, another former Patriot. Yeah, another former Patriot and another receiver in that deep, deep, deep receiver room, man. You know, a lot of chairs in that receiver room, man. That's going to be a battle, you know, Game of Thrones. Who's going to get out of that receiver room and help out Devontae, Hunter, Jacoby Myers, the depth that they have there, Philip Dorsett, the list on my depth chart, man. I need a new depth chart after the draft and all that. Thanks to Devon again, our proud partners, Tom Looney, who joined us. Earlier in the show, we talked to Darren Elliott, who was fantastic from the Golden Knights broadcast team. I got my mom and dad in town. Going to spend some time with them this week. Appreciate everybody. Coaches versus Cancers in town. I'll be working for Lon Kruger tomorrow. Did last night. So we're off tomorrow. Wednesday, the Aviators kick me off the air for some AAA baseball. And we'll be back on Thursday if I don't have jury duty. How about that one? What a week I have here. Trying to manipulate all that. Maybe you need to call my attorney buddies. And figure out what's going on there.